the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, July the 28th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On July 28th, 1914, World War I began. Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia. Today, in 1932, federal troops forcibly dispersed the so-called bonus army of World War I veterans. They'd gathered in Washington to demand payments. The problem that they had, they needed the money, but the problem they had was that the payments weren't scheduled to be received until 1945. Today, in 1943, President Franklin D. Roosevelt announced the end of coffee rationing. I underscore that, the end of coffee rationing. It had been limited uh, to people to be only be able to get one pound of coffee every five weeks since it began in November of 1942. Now, that that's hard times. One pound of coffee every five weeks. Anyway, that ended today, 1943, thankfully. Today, in 1945, a U.S. bomber Army bomber crashed into the 79th floor of the New York's Empire State Building, killed 14 people. Was not terrorists. Today, in 1965, President Lyndon B. Johnson announced that um, he was increasing the number of American troops in South Vietnam from 75,000 to 125,000. Is anyone old enough to remember that? Yeah. Today in 2016, Hillary Clinton accepted the Democratic presidential nomination at the party's convention in Philadelphia. In her speech, she cast herself as a unifier for divided times, as well as an experienced leader, steeled, these are her words, steeled for a volatile world. She went on to aggressively challenge Republican Donald Trump's ability to lead anything. Here's a woman who had lived off the government, she and her husband, their entire life, public service they call it, and she was challenging Trump that he didn't know how to lead, but she did. It's interesting, that's sort of a kind of a photo snap of our culture today. I mean, people get so lost in the words, and they use words so loosely, and so it's, it's amazing how and what we, how we present ourselves today in this very complex, very confused, very deceptive world that we live in. The psalmist wasn't deceived. Psalm 48, verse 1 says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. I want to talk to you a little bit today about praising God or praising God's small g that we have made with our hands. There's a looming spiritual crisis coming. 
I believe that. Others do as well. I'm not the only one. And the question that's looming before America today, our culture, and every one of us, is who will rule the coming gods, small g? Who's going to ultimately decide what these little gods that are coming? And I'll explain that. What they're going to be able to do. How much will they empower them? Will they empower them beyond their capability to ultimately and in some future time get control of these little gods? This isn't just crazy thinking off off the margins of the page. Serious people in leadership are considering these kinds of things in our country as we speak this morning. American military use of artificial intelligence will be more ethical than in any of the other nations because the United States, a general says, is a Judeo-Christian society. That opinion was voiced recently by U.S. Air Force General Richard G. Moore, I saw that in a speech and it caught my attention and it drew me into it and I did some research and that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. He's a three-star officer, believes that because of the broad scope of religious belief and expression in the United States, there will be a more principled approach to the use of AI by military as Americans' military crosses the threshold of our war machines being entirely directed not by men or mankind and women, but by artificial intelligence rather than trained humans. Well, the U.S. military does not have these weapons, they say, entirely controlled by artificial intelligence in its inventory. I think that means they're not not using them. Uh, My sense from what I read is they do have them. I hope they do, because that's where the world is today. Whenever these weapons are deployed, the AI driving these weapons will likely be programmed with a Judeo-Christian value system. This Lieutenant General Richard G. Moore, Jr., he's a Deputy Chief of Staff for Plans and Programs in the U.S. Air Force. That's what he's telling people he spoke recently. According to a March report that I looked at and spent some time reading and just perusing, the Lethal Autonomous Weapon Systems, or they have an acronym for it, it's LAWS, L-A-W-S, they're a special, I'm quoting from the report, are a special class of weapon systems that use sensor suites and computer algorithms to independently identify a target, employ an onboard weapon system to engage and destroy the target without manual human control of the system. Now, last Thursday at an event hosted by the Hudson Institute, Moore was asked when the U.S. would start deploying laws, these weapons, and if the military had an ethical duty to keep humans involved even when the technology was ready. There's a growing segment of the international community that's been calling for a ban or a regulation of the laws due to ethical concerns. But the other nations of the world are not paying attention to ethical concerns. They're looking primarily and, in fact, almost completely at power. Moore explained that the development of this ethical AI would be a significant feature of our Defense Department's budget in 2024. So I ask myself and I ask you, who will rule these coming gods, small g, 
We've entered this new age in which we can go into the quietness of our rooms and we can slip into whatever identity we desire virtually. I mean, you can be whoever you want to be, even today. I mean, just ordinary people out here like you and me. Artificial intelligence is fast becoming a regular part of our lives. It started with the basics like Facebook. You can be one thing in real life, but you can be whoever you want to be on Facebook or Twitter or or Instagram or whatever, but especially Facebook. It's particularly given to that. And you can become, I mean, whatever you want to become. And nobody knows. You can set your home and you can tweet and you can post and, and all of that and you can choose pictures that tell a story and you could be someone that you're not. Maybe someone that you'd like to be, but you're not that person. Or somebody that's doing things that you would like to do and being someone that you would like to be. I mean, we live in that kind of a world. I, I don't think anybody would deny that. Artificial intelligence at some level has already become an important part of our lives. But the existential crisis of how our age is developing technology, specifically AI and robots, is eclipsing our reverence for a transcendent God. And therein is where my concern lies. In the rush to create these human-helping AI, we've talked about that several times recently. I mean, this is where we are as a nation. A lot of people are uninformed, and they're going to have a wake-up call at some point. That's why it's so important. God's people are informed that we know what's going on. We, we may not understand all of it, but we, we understand this is what's happening. But in this rush to, help, to create these human-helping AI, technologists are making machines that may eventually become our masters. And that's not me saying that. I mean, I'm saying it, but others that are in the industry are saying it. They're saying we've, we've got to be careful with this. And yet, our nation, and I can assure you China and probably Russia, if they, if they are able to, and other nations are rushing forward with this technology. China for sure is. Some people are already worshiping at the feet of AI. And you say, well, you know, the, let's not overstate. I'm not overstating it. Some people are already worshiping at the feet of this god of AI. Just like the ancient... Philistines bowed before statues, like particularly the idol Dagon. And that's mentioned in the Bible. You, If you read the Bible, you've seen that. I'll come back to that if we have time and talk a little bit about that idol. But Wallace Henley, he's a pastor. He's a best-selling author. He is the teaching pastor. I think he just retired recently, but he, he's a teaching pastor at Second Baptist Church in uh, Houston. It's a large, very a strong, effective church. Uh, Ed Young is the pastor there. It has been for years. And uh, But Henley wrote a book. He's had a lot of experience, and he wrote a book. I've never met him, but I, I know quite a bit about him because I know some of the people in that church. In fact, I know some of the pastor's family. I don't know him personally, but I know one of his sons in the past. But anyway, uh, Wallace Henley is, is, is very knowledgeable. He's very well-informed. And um, he's talking about this in a book that he wrote. The book is entitled, it's been out for a few months, but it's entitled, Who Will Rule the Coming Gods? And he's talking about the looming spiritual crisis of artificial intelligence. 
And he's not the only one. A lot of people, a lot of people are talking about this, people that are informed. Henley says great was the outcry from scientists and others when this general claimed that the Judeo-Christian values would be considered AI advances in the military. In other words, people don't want any in our military, if, if it's artificial intelligence controlled completely, they don't want any kind of Judeo-Christian values put into the algorithms of this coming machinery. The general's opinion must be carefully thought through because especially in light of the powerful civilian statement several years ago. Referring to AI, this former Google engineer, Anthony Lewandowski, he said, what is going to be created will effectively be a god. He said, if there's something a billion times smarter than the smartest human, what else are you going to call it? Lewandowski expressed that view as he announced the formation of the first church of artificial intelligence. Now, again, these people are not just people out on the street trying to, you know, come up with a project. These are smart people. They're involved in these scientific advances, so-called. But I notice how quickly these thoughts of both men go to the spiritual consideration of AI and its rapid development. One wants to worship it. The other, the general, says we're going to implant into these machines that will ultimately run the war and kill people and do what wars do. We're going to implant into that Judeo-Christian values, and there was a sudden reaction to that, negative reaction, of people, secularists in America. They don't want those biblical values in anything, even in killing machines that are run completely off algorithms of computers. The way of the future, Lewandowski says, religious organizations, he said, the way of the future is the name of the new church. Ultimately, the plan for his church was abandoned. It's been a couple of years now. But still, the very thought of how it revealed how people in an aggressive secular culture could see AI as a mechanical oracle to be worshipped. The AI church didn't come into existence, but the religion is proliferating. This whole idea of, of bowing before this, I mean, it it's real and it's happening in our culture. It's not just something we read about in the Old Testament or we see Paul preaching about in the New Testament. It's happening now. This AI church effort revealed there's a growing number of technological geniuses, supposed geniuses at least, who believe we humans now have so much power available to us, we can create a god. And they're talking about it. It isn't like me or somebody trying to figure out what they're thinking. They're talking about it, very open about it. The AI church effort is revealing there's a growing number of these people talking about it in terms of deity, in terms of creating a god that we would serve because the God will be smarter than any human being. For example, NPR says, National Public Radio said on this just recently, but if you take seriously the reliable and thus invaluable scientific and historical knowledge we now possess, we could redefine God, 
the one and only God. This is NPR, taxpayer-funded NPR. We can redefine God in a radically new and empowering way that expands our thinking and can help motivate and unite us in the dangerous era humanity is entering. The Bible says God created us in his image. But having lost the vision of true transcendence of God, God is above and beyond it more than anything that exists. Some are attempting to make God in a human image, but that isn't new. That's been around for a long time. Humanity's endless preoccupation with self, that began really in the Garden of Eden. It's reached now reached critical mass in our days, in our time. The sense of God's transcendence has been eclipsed in the hearts of the multitude by fascinations of this imminent scale. I mean, humanity is so enthralled by the horizontal that it forgets to look at the vertical. I mean, we are obsessed with ourselves. And we see that. We see that in humans. We see that in everyday life. We see it, as I said, on social media. And now we're seeing this on a grand scale that the world has never seen before. And they're not even looking up. And they're talking about God and little gods. They're not looking up. It's all horizontal. They're looking forward. They're looking over the horizon. What do we do? And I want our military to be prepared. I mean, for goodness sakes, I don't want to speak Chinese. But man, these guys are moving forward at lightning speed for all kinds of reasons and motivations. And this general believes that there will be Judeo-Christian values implanted into these machines, I mean, as a database, as a information base, I don't know that it will. I mean, I, I believe he believes it is, it will. But there's a lot of resistance even to this. The same resistance to a street preacher preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ standing on the sidewalk of a city somewhere, that same resistance is against our military in putting values into the algorithms and the databases of these computers that will eventually run the war. They'll decide what to attack, when to attack, where to attack. The dangers for us and our families and our civilizations are immense. I don't use the word existential very much because the left uses it all the time. I don't like that word, but it is a word that has value. This existential crisis is that in the very age when the recognition of and reverence for the transcendence of God is being eclipsed, technology is on the verge of such powerful achievements. Like we've had quantum computing and dramatic breakthroughs in robotics and some are dreaming of manufacturing robots that humans can worship. At the same time, there's others that are seeking to produce robots that will worship humans. This is all taking place. It's real. It is. This isn't like sci-fi or something. We have nothing to fear if the human creators of AI, AI mechanisms are themselves aware of their accountability to the true God, the gifts, the talents, the skills that he's given them to bring glory and honor to him and to serving his creation. But do we believe that? No, they're not. The human creators are not necessarily God-fearing people. They're not necessarily. They don't necessarily have a biblical worldview. Some of them do. 
This general obviously does, but many don't. Our president doesn't have a biblical worldview. He claims to be a devout Catholic, but he doesn't have a Christian worldview. It's certainly not a biblical worldview. He stands against much of what the Bible teaches. He just does. And I'm not saying that politically. I'm just saying it as a matter of fact. If the AI designers on the eminent level, a, a theory holy that the divine encompasses or it's, it's, it's manifested in the material world, if their motives, their moral values, their ultimate goals are focused only on the horizontal and not on the vertical of life, there's reason for a lot of concerns. Because in their effort to give us a kind of a utopia, they're going to bring upon us a dystopia. Henley says in his book, he says, quote, all this reveals that the greatest danger facing a society that distance itself from the doctrine and reality of God's transcendence is the human mind that does not recognize the nature of God and its accountability to him. Well, he's right. In fact, C.S. Lewis saw in decades before the present crisis that we're seeing take shape. C.S. Lewis wrote in his book, The Abolition of Men. If you haven't read that book, you should. It's, it's very very insightful, and especially understanding the day that it was written in, which is some time ago now. But anyway, in his book, The Abolition of Man, he wrote this, C.S. Lewis. He said, quote, man's conquest of nature is that the dream of some scientific planners means the rule of few hundreds of men and women over billions and billions of men and women. It's all about power for the world. C.S. Lewis recognized that. Back in his day. Now more than ever it's being revealed and it's being magnified and expanded. Satya Nadella is the CEO of Microsoft. And he told a, a conference, it's been a while back now, but he told a conference of computer, uh, computer builders that what George Orwell described in his book, um, described in his book in 1984, uh, as well as Huxley's Brave New World, this is the CEO of Microsoft, he said, he, he said, were futures that would be determined, quote, by the choices that you as developers, he was talking to a convention of computer developers, that you as developers make and the impact of those choices upon the world. He said, neither of these choices, Orwell or Huxley, is something we want. But the major issue is one that is most neglected. It's the spiritual implications of this. To borrow from something that St. Augustine said, and I'm paraphrasing him, but he said the human heart was made by God and has transcendence and for God, and only God can fill it. Well, this is true, and we live in a time where we have ignored God, we have minimized God, we have brought ourselves to a point where even Christians, perhaps, some of us at least, even Christians are not as focused on our relationship with God as we should be. We are so distracted in a world, and we have been so blessed, and we are so prosperous here in America. I, you know, I've traveled the, the, the world, really, in, in mission work, not as a tourist, but in missionary work, and I, I've been in the darkest corners of this earth, and I've been in the richest 
capitals and one thing or another. And man, I, you come back to America and, and you just, the contrast is there. I mean, it doesn't matter. Even the the countries that are building these big, huge buildings to impress the world in China it would be the best example of that now. But you see all this stuff when you're out there and you come back to the United States and there's just something different about this country. That's why I've always believed that it's exceptional. I know that's not popular to say, but I believe that. It is exceptional. Our whole founding, our existence is exceptional. The way we were, we came into being. And I know all parts of that is being attacked by the left and has been for a number of years. But you see the, the exceptionalism of, of America. Flawed? Yes, we're flawed. Of course, we have warts. But America is exceptional because of the godliness that was infused into the institutions going into the founding of America. But now we find ourselves at this threshold that it it, it, it concerns me and I do believe the Lord is going to return soon. I do. I believe in the soon coming of the Lord. But boy, if he should soon is maybe to God a thousand years and to me it's days. But should the Lord tarry for some time before his return and everything then changes? You worry about the next generation. This God that I mentioned a few moments ago was so so popular you know you look at Dagog and, and other Baal and the gods of the Old Testament I mean people worship these it's interesting Isaiah gave us an interesting it's kind of hilarious ex, uh, kind of a, an example of idolatry in chapter 45 verses 9 through 20 let me just just kind of sum this up today with this he I, the, the prophet Isaiah chapter 44 verse 9 through 20 you can read it but in this story, in Isaiah, a craftsman takes metal or wood, he makes weapons or cups or burns the wood to warm himself. Then he takes the rest of the material and he makes a statue of something that he now bows down to and worships and says, you are my God. He's worshiping something that he manufactured. And that's exactly what we're talking about in today's world. What we're doing, if it is not infused as our founding fathers did in few, with the institutions that they created in this country, if it is not infused this whole AI movement with the truth of God's word and with the morality of God himself that he has planted in every human being, it is going to be destruction. It's going to be Armageddon. On the one hand, I can see how all of this is a setup for biblical prophecy and the way it's going to play out in the last days. We are being prepared, we are being prepped to accept what would not have been even thinkable a few years ago, maybe even a very few years ago. That's the day in which we live today. I don't say this out of fear or to cause anyone to be fearful. Don't be fearful. God is in control, but don't be uninformed. Know what's going on and understand it. If not, if we don't understand all the technology of it, I don't, but I do understand what's going on. Understand it in the light that God is in control and everything's right on schedule. So be at peace, but be informed.
Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for your support. We need it. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.